You're listening to the Collective Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za. Good morning, friends. I wanted to start this morning by wishing all the dads in our community a very, very happy Father's Day. I really trust that you are being spoilt and feeling very celebrated today. The title of my message this morning is The Father That Became a Daddy. So I'd like to tell you two stories of two fathers that became daddies. Now, when I say father and daddy, I'm hoping that you've already got a glimpse of where I'm going with this. Um, Excuse me. In essence, they're the same thing, right? They both have children, tomato, tomato, but in practice, they're very different. Um, I personally don't know one child that refers to their dad as father because the language father is very formal, right? It almost suggests a, a relationship of compliance, a way of interacting uh, with a father that's based on a, uh, maybe a strict set of, of rules and regulations, whereas the, lad- the language daddy says something completely different. Um, it's a relationship of heart connection. I love the way Jude calls me dada. Uh, Maddie calls me daddy, or sometimes Roberto the flea. Yes, I know. She's an interesting one. And um, Mila calls me daddy, my favoritist. And can I tell you, when I hear dada or daddy, my favoritist, it absolutely melts my heart. Because it's not even the words that they use, it's more the tone in which my, my kids say those, those um, give me those names. Which is why I actually almost, I don't uh, mind Roberto the flea at all. I think uh, if Maddie said that with a different tone, there would be some consequences, right? Uh, but isn't it beautiful when you get to a place with someone where you give them a name, an endearing name, Um, And it's not just a name, right? It carries with it like a whole mountain of meaning. So when Jesus arrives and publicly calls the Lord God of the universe, Abba, which means daddy in Aramaic, it was like a trumpet call, like boom, drop the mic. Everybody's mouth dropped. uh, Like he said, what? They were just so unfamiliar with that kind of language, but... I'll get back to that just now. I want, to, I want to start with the two stories, right? Two fathers that became daddies. And obviously, I already gave you uh, or gave away the ending to the one story already. But on purpose, because I want you right from the outset of this message to feel your daddy's delight in you, to feel him drawing you close. I almost hope that you're in bed right now on this cold uh, Sunday winter's morning. Um, in fact, if you're not, why don't you pause this video and actually go jump into bed and, you know, jump under the covers. I dare you do that. Pause and go jump under the covers. Um, <clears throat> and then imagine that you're snuggled up with your heavenly dad right now. And for some of you dads, that's a super fresh memory, right? I mean, it's just maybe been an hour or two, a couple of hours since you did that with your kids this morning in bed. Um, and isn't that the absolute best, that, that time where you get to just snuggle in bed with your kids? Um, let that picture stick with you. 
And how much more does our dad, our heavenly dad, want to snuggle with us? You know, I think it was probably about uh, three, four weeks ago, sometime during lockdown, uh, Phil and Bron sent us a, a preach. Uh, and the title of the preach was Snuggle, Don't Struggle. Don't you just love that? So, <clears throat> the first story is about me. I feel like I started out as a father and along the way over the years became a daddy. And it was the, the best news of my life. Um, in May 2003, I was on my way back from Munich and I arrived at the airport and I was met by Kirsty with an amazing news uh, that she is pregnant. And uh, we were just about to move to Germany to go and start a business there. In fact, I'd just been, that was why I was returning. I had meetings there with our partners. We were choosing office space, uh, the whole deal, the whole nine yards. And then this brilliant news that came and interrupted our, our world in such a beautiful way. And uh, so naturally, we changed our plans. And um, Madison, as you, those of you that know her, speaks with a South African and not a German accent today. Uh, I wonder, always wonder what it would have been like if we had actually made that move uh, and started a, a life uh, that was, what, 17 years ago uh, in Germany, how different things would have been and how things would have turned out. Um, and so I became a father and I adored Madison. I loved her to bits, but I was in a rut over that period of, of my life of going to work early in the morning and... Um, then coming home late and tired, and I just didn't feel like I had the connection that I saw Kirsty had with Maddie. Uh, there was a deep love that I had for her, but I just felt like a bit of an outsider. And when I say outsider, I mean um, a bit emotionally inaccessible, doing all the right stuff, but not fully understanding heart connection. Now, don't get me wrong, I wasn't a bad dad. Um, as, as Kirsty puts it now, she says, you were lovely then, just not so lovely like you are now, right? Um, but I just, I didn't feel like I had the tools to be present and, and connected. And that's what makes a really good daddy, isn't it? It's being present, um, being fully committed to the moments when we are together with our children, uh, snuggling in bed with them and finding heart connection, relationship where we can talk about anything. Friends, when you have their hearts, formality goes out the window. There's no tiptoeing on eggshells and like, well, I wonder if he's in a good, today, a good mood today or a bad mood or re relating to each other around what is right and what is wrong. And that takes me to my second story. Uh, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, we have been trying to relate to God in terms of what is right and wrong. And relating to Him as a strict father where we need to put our best foot forward. You know, man ate from the tree of the knowledge, uh, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What is right, what is wrong. And that started a relationship between man and God based on compliance. Uh, do this and get that. But that was never our Abba Father's best for us, our Daddy God. Uh, because He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He never changed His heart towards His children. But we couldn't relate to Him then in the way that His heart desired. 
which was what? If we read uh, Jesus in Matthew, uh, what's it, 23, 37, where he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. You see, he does want to snuggle with us. God always wanted to reveal himself as a father to Israel. Uh, we read that in Deuteronomy uh, 1 verse 31. It says, The Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son, but you did not trust the Lord your God. They could never enter into that promised relationship, that original purpose in Eden until Jesus. The father was always a daddy, but it was only through Jesus that the, his heart as a daddy was revealed to us. We were not designed to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's why he told Adam and Eve not to and be stuck in that place of relating to him based on compliance. Uh, you do right and you can be close to him. You do wrong and you can't. No, we were always supposed to be close to him. And he wasn't going to let us stay in that place. And so that's why he put an angel at the, the entrance to the garden to protect or to guard rather the, the tree of life, to keep Adam and Eve away from it. Because if they had eaten from the tree of life in that broken state, they would have remained like that forever. And our daddy cannot let that happen. And so that's why, since before the foundation of the earth, the word tells us, he planned that Jesus would be hung on a tree and that we would be brought back to life and brought back to him again forever. We read in Ephesians 1, I'm reading from the ESV, uh, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, sounds like a daddy, right? In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as his sons, his sons and daughters, his kiddies, through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins, our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Don't you just love the language that he uses there? He lavished upon us, it says. Doesn't that sound like the language of a daddy? You know, as a side story, uh, there's big excitement in the Maud household at the moment because Jude is having his birthday next Thursday uh, it's turning 10, double digits. He's very excited and we're also very excited. Um, and we are, as a dad, it's my heart's desire to lavish him with good gifts. Because that's how dads respond in love towards their kids. 
And that's an earthly dad, right? Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, he says, um, Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, your Abba, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask of him? As I mentioned before, God the Father never changed his nature. Rather, he revealed himself to us as a daddy through Jesus. Do you know that in the Old Testament, there are only 15 places where God is called Father. Never mind Abba or Daddy, just called Father only 15 times. And even then, it's only in general terms. Uh, for example, God, the Father of Israel. Now, him being present as a father, or he, he's definitely present as a father throughout the Old Testament, don't get me wrong, but nothing compared to what is revealed through Jesus in the New Testament. I think in, in the New Testament, Jesus speaks of God as Father um, over a hundred times, just in John's, um, in John's Gospel. A uh, hundred times versus 15 times only in the Old Testament. So he's revealed as Father through the New Testament. I read this somewhere. Um, it says, there's not one instance in the Old Testament, including the Psalms, of an individual addressing God in prayer as Father. Yet Jesus, in stunning contrast, prays to God as Father in all his prayers, with the exception from the cry on the cross, which is actually just a quotation from Psalm 22, verse 1. So in Jesus, a far-off God was revealed as Abba, close and intimate. Friends, it was so offensive and counter-popular religious thought and experience that it became the reason that they crucified him. The idea that God could be addressed so intimately that Jesus, a man, identified himself as the son of God with the language of daddy. It was so um, offensive, blasphemous. You know, and I remember um, many, many years ago uh, having a visiting preacher come and visit the church that we were a part of at that time. And he was so horribly offended by that Jesus culture song that we sang back then. When heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss and my heart <clears throat> turns violently inside of my chest. Friends, intimacy with the living God is so offensive to the religious spirit. If we are unable to attain the deepest longing of our hearts, what you were designed for, what you long for, and then others are having a party, it's offensive. And that's why the gospel is so offensive. People are working so hard to please God, but still feel and experience emptiness and brokenness. But God says as a gift, here is salvation. Here is sozo. Do you remember last week, Helmut explaining that Greek word sozo, which we translate as salvation. God says, here is wholeness. Here is healing for your body, your mind, 
and your spirit. All of this as an absolute lavish gift given to you before you were even born. You know, the way we prepared Madison's room and her clothing and her toys before she was born. She didn't come into this world trying to earn our, our love and our, our approval. Um, like if she was a really good baby that she would be able to get more food or love or attention. Or if she made less mess, less nappies, um, that we would be more pleased with her. No, she was just completely dependent on us for everything, food, shelter, love. She was a fruit of our love, born into this world in love and then sustained by us in love. And in the same way, when we are made new, when we are born from above, born from the Spirit, as John uh, 3 verse 6 says, we start as a love gift, the fruit of a love gift of our Father Jesus and Holy Spirit and fully dependent on what Jesus has done for us. Now Madison will, will grow up and become less dependent on us, but we were never meant to become less dependent on our daddy. In a matter of speaking, we never meant to cut that umbilical cord that joins us uh, to heaven. We continually stay connected in beautiful communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, who now lives within us, while we are still on this earth, makes real to us every day this wonderful relationship that we have and get to have with our dad. Friends, our dad is made real and tangible to us through the Holy Spirit. And we need to relate to him as a daddy. Not just think of him as a daddy, but actually relate to him as a daddy. Because a daddy is meant to bring comfort. He's meant to give us our sense of identity, our uh, love, encouragement, provision. A daddy is meant to be our safest place. And I think it's sad today that uh, many people don't have that experience of their, their dads here physically. But the good news is, is that we have a heavenly dad that can be all of that to all of us. And I honestly believe that most of our societal wounds are because of a lack of good fathers, a lack of daddies. You know, gender-based violence has been declared an epidemic in this, in this nation. And the answer to that is obviously found in the gospel. Because the gospel transforms men into their true selves. And your true self is to be like your dad. And so I believe the answer to gender-based violence is found in good daddies. Friends, we have an epidemic of men who are distant, disconnected, and not present with their children. And as a result, we've got children growing up with no sense of wholeness and identity. And that manifests itself in very, very unwholesome ways. Now, I'm speaking to men today because it's Father's Day. Um, this is a call for us as men to rise up. And not rise up in the South African sense of the word as, you know, uh, man up 
and lead your family. No, the only way we can rise up and have everything we need to lead our families is because somebody else rose up for you and seated you right next to the father, the best father. Guys, we learn from the best. We get to receive love from the best so we can love and give our best. You know, I mentioned earlier that I was a father who became a daddy, but I didn't mention how I became a daddy. But I'm guessing by now that you've you, obviously you've pieced it together. Quite simply, I learned how to be loved. Simple. My starting place is being loved, warts and all. And that's how the effects of my warts, the memories of my warts, are disappearing because he actually took them away completely. I'm brand new and brand new loves in a brand new way. And yes, there are times obviously where I mess up um, and I'm not so lovely, as Kirsty said, like I am now. Um, but in those moments, it's easy for me to fall back into grace and be reminded who I am, my brand new self, who my brand new self is, and that man that I really am. And then my behavior flows from that place, from who he says I am, who I believe I really am. And, you know, guys, you don't, you know, if you are not doing really great, right? You don't need me or your wife or anybody else to say, listen here, you need to pick up your socks in this area and, <clears throat> excuse me, be a better dad or better be a better husband or be a better man. The world doesn't need men trying to be better men. The world need men reborn by the Spirit who are learning to walk as sons. You know, Romans says that the whole earth is groaning for the sons and daughters of God, the children of God to be revealed. Ladies, this doesn't exclude you. You receive all of this because the Father loves you just the same as He loves any other man. We are equal and we have this beautiful Father that loves us. You know, if men could be better or women could be better on their own, Jesus would not have had to die if we could just try. And so a desire in us, a self-willingness to do better or be a better dad or be a better man We've, you've tried it, I've tried it, it never works. True transformation only comes from the inside when you actually feel whole and loved yourself. Because, friends, you don't push out the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I, I love the way the message depicts that, that scripture where it says, He brings gifts into our lives, much the way fruit appears on an orchard. It just appears. And so when we feel whole and loved inside, it just manifests in the way I behave towards my family. It's not something I try and do. It just naturally comes out because it comes from that place of wholeness and healing that is in our absolute core. And so I want to challenge you right now because I'm guessing most of you didn't listen to me earlier. You didn't go jump back into bed. Um, but I want to leave you with this picture of how to become whole 
and healed um, and to love the way you were created to love. And so maybe just now close your eyes wherever you are and imagine that you are with Daddy God, snuggling up with Him on this cold winter's day. He is with you. He is in you. He's not just distant and putting up with you. He's actually, he actually wants to be with you. He's actually excited and inviting you to jump in with him. He delights in you and he loves you. It's the invitation of an excited dad patting on the covers, inviting you to join, join him in bed. It's not a formal father that we have to behave for or be scared of. You know, Romans 8 verse 15 in the ESV says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. I love the, um, the passion translation of that same, that same section of scripture. It puts it this way. It says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, our spirits join Jesus in saying the same words that Jesus says to his Father, with tender affection, beloved father, Abba, daddy. Friends, can I pray for you? Maybe just close your eyes and yeah, let me just pray that you would get to experience the reality, the tangible reality of getting to experience our heavenly father in that same way that Jesus experiences him. And so, father, I thank you for the love that you have always had from us. We were always the dream of your heart. We are a fruit of the love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You dreamt up man before there was the earth. You dreamt us up and you created us to be in perfect union and relationship with you. And so, Father, I just pray right now that you would manifest yourself to people where they're at, listening to this video, in their homes, that you would manifest yourself as a good, good daddy that loves them. I pray that there would be a physical manifestation of your love and a marked change from today onwards, just of them being able to see you, of me being able to refer to you and see you as the dad who invites us in to snuggle with him and jump into bed with him and just to walk us with us in this earth in this life, to comfort us, to, to speak to us through difficult times that we're experiencing now and to lead us like a good daddy uh, leads and the way you really want us to lead, uh, to live with you, Father. And so, Father, I just thank you for just such a, a sense of your love and embrace um, over, this, over this message this morning. And yeah, we love you, Father. Amen. Friends, God bless you. Have a beautiful Father's Day and stay warm. And yeah, we will see you guys soon. We love you. Thank you for listening. 
For more information, please visit our website, thecollectivechurch.ca.za.